Previously on the Division Three's Finest Podcast. Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans. Next Peyton Manning, Taysom Hill. What? No. Well, I understand you've moved on to the uh, personal training game. Uh, so, like, what are the best kind of steroids that I could get? That's a good question, man. <laughs> uh, you took Sprite Cranberry you took, over. You took Mr. Pib over Dr. Pepper. I'd rather drink my own piss than cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fear the mellow ball at all, and then, uh, like, those guys, they're always, they're like, they're half asleep all the time. I think what Shub yeah. is I try and ask is, do you, do you not have dragons? Yeah, and they I feel like really good. I, I know. <laughs> this, is, this is the most energetic I've seen you all day, honestly. So, Maya, what do you do now? Yeah, I, I work. Uh, a professional now, big uh, professional guy. Episode sixty-eight of the Division Three Science Podcast coming up next. What's up, guys? Episode sixty-eight of the Division Three Science hey. Podcast. How's everyone doing? Terrific. Good. Glad man. to be here. Incredible. Yeah, Dodge social, social interaction for the week. Love it. Um, Staying locked up, following all the rules. Hair's getting long. I'm uh, looking like kind of a mad scientist over here. Uh, might have to cut my own hair soon. So if I, I do, I'll definitely keep you guys updated on that. Uh, how that turns out will not be good. Yeah. I've, seen some TikTok, I've seen some TikTok tutorials on how to give yourself a haircut. Oh, so might, I think I should be all right. Might have to my send me a couple of those. It's getting so long, I think it's back now. That's how long it's <laughs> who's Who's back of the week? Schubert's hair. Yeah, Rogaine hot seat. Oh no, it might be on the cold seat. To be honest, it might be. It might be working. Oh oh, um, not quite. I'm not, I, I'm not personally following you, but I'm sure the people at home are following. So before we get started with our interview and fancy BS with Coach Mike Bell, I guess we do have to introduce our other guest real quick, uh, Andrew Gillen, my friend, my former teammate and co-host. Would you like the honors of introducing him real quick? Yes, Benjamin, my former teammate and current friend. Current friend, um, of course. I would love the honors. Um, this is another friend of mine. Uh, just so he doesn't get upset, uh, he is a friend of mine. Um, he wants me to make that very clear. Um, reoccurring guest. He's only missed three shows in his tenure, which is pretty impressive. Um, but we're glad to have him on. Makes makes uh, makes room for us in his busy schedule, especially now with everything going on in the world. Uh, Jacob Schubert, we're happy to have you, bud. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. It's actually I missed two episodes. Uh, that's what I've missed. Uh, I've been, that's not true. Yeah, so we'll check the you. record. The, the people can check go back and see, but yeah. I made a note of it in the bio every time you missed one, so they can quickly do the math and see that it's over to you. So. And now that you're a liar, yeah. I'm 100% positive it's two. There's two episodes that you missed in a row, so it cannot just be two. <laughs> Well, I actually am surprised by that. I thought it was just two. I apologize to my, my fans who have had to deal with three episodes of me not being there. This, this uh, is news to me. I didn't know. It is what it is. I'm just now cool. becoming aware of this information. I guess uh, just, just a couple of quick announcements before we get to our interview. Uh, our main announcement is we do have two episodes for you guys this week. Big uh, energy this week. Uh, we have an yeah, interview great, with great, lots of grit, lots of grit. Great double times. We have an interview with Tyler Smith. He's a relief pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels. His 
episode will be released Thursday morning. And yeah, so look out for that. And appreciate you guys sticking with us and hope you guys are all dodging Corona and staying safe out there. Wash your hands. For 20 seconds. Yes. It doesn't do anything otherwise. Make it 25. Just be safe. Have a grip. Show off a little bit. Be be a step better. That's what what is what did what did Connor Perry say? Huh? Uh, if you're gonna you're gonna be average or you're gonna listen to average people. You're just gonna become average. That. Yeah. You're gonna be average. Don't be average. Don't Wash be your average. hands for 25 seconds. All right. Be better. So I think that's a, yeah. Be better. Thank you. Shoot. Maybe you should follow that uh, advice. So I think that's all we got for shoutouts and announcements. Um, so now uh, we have an interview with the pit baseball head coach Mike Bell. Ben, cue the air horn, please. A few moments later. Now joining us on the podcast, this is his first appearance on the show. He's the University of Pittsburgh's head baseball coach, and he's had a third guest ever on the podcast that has a Wikipedia page. Coach Mike Bell, first question, how's quarantine life going for you? And, you know, when can we get Jameis Winston on the podcast? <laughs> quarantine life, first, uh, first and foremost, I think, for every coach in the country that uh, right now is used to playing games, you're used to breaking down film, you're used to... Uh, recruiting all the little ins, ins and outs of the season in the daily grind um, that went to a screeching halt. All of a sudden, now you're back home thrown into your family life. And I worry more about my wife and kids as I've disrupted their routine and habit here. But quarantine life for us has been good. Uh, we've got to reconnect and do a lot of things internal here. Um, and more importantly, just trying to stay safe. You know, keeping our social distance, doing our thing, keeping our part here in the uh, Western PA uh, area. Um, the second part, uh, James Winston, I'd, I'd love to get him off for you. I, I'm anxious <laughs> for the draft here in a couple of weeks to find out where his next home will be. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up a big Bucks, huge Bucks fan. Uh, obviously, he was my quarterback, my guy at Florida State, and love coaching him baseball wise as well. And, I, I still say to this day, wherever he does land, he'll win a Super Bowl within three years. So go ahead and book it. Oh yeah, yeah. book it. We'll hey, we'll lock that in. I'm with you on that. I think he's, I think uh, his the best is yet to come for Jameis. So so I'm excited to yeah. see where he ends up as well. So we'll we'll get to Jameis a little bit more later in some of the lighter questions. Um, but we'll just start out with our you know big time journalism question. So uh, the theme of our podcast name, the new name. Uh, Division Three's finest came uh, kind of revolves around us being, you know, very highly talented athletes, but deciding to take our talents to the Division Three level, uh, mainly just mm-hmm. playing the game for, uh, you know, the love of the sport and just play as long as we could. Um, now, obviously, you're a little bit, uh, you know, just a couple levels, a couple notches higher, um, but that drive is still there. You know, love of the game. You played in the minor leagues um, and you've been coaching a while now. So, do you mind just kind of? Uh, giving us a little intro on yourself and what ultimately led you to pursuing a career in coaching? Well, uh, like my I'd say bio or resume says, you know, I, I was very fortunate to play in some really great places and be surrounded by some great teammates more than anything. Um, you know, going back to my college days of, you know, playing at Florida State and, you know, going to the Cowboys Series twice as a player, um, and, you know, the opportunity to, to be drafted by the Montreal Expos and spending time in their, their organization, spending time in the Baltimore Orioles organization, 
Um, all those things sound great. They're all sexy and everything. But when you think about, and I go back to who I am and what I really am, I started out as a JUCO player. You know, so I had to work my way up. I wasn't the the uh, the, the the five star blue chip prospect. I was a guy that understood the game, loved the game, and was willing to work at the game. And honestly, surrounded myself with great coaches and great teammates, and it allowed me to you know fine tune my skills. I was more of a late bloomer. You know, when I'm at Florida State, I've got the first pick overall in the 1994 draft as our Friday night starter. I'm just a number three guy or a midweek guy trying to learn and, and watch these other first-rounders and future big leaguers on our team kind of guide our team, and I was just trying to be a piece of the puzzle and get a little better each and every year. And kind of the same thing in pro ball. The, the neatest thing about the Expos back in the day was they had to get guys ready for the big leagues and get them ready in, 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 in quick time. So a lot of the guys I played with, from Vladimir Guerrero to Javier Vasquez to Orlando Cabrera to a Michael Barrett, these guys got rushed to the big leagues right away, but they're all well-deserving, and I just got, got to enjoy the ride along the way. Yeah, so, you know, one of the main reasons we were able to get you on the show this week is because of our podcast last week with, you know, former Pitt stud Connor Perry. Uh, obviously, he has an incredible story. If you missed it, anyone uh, who's listening, check out last week's episode, one of the best podcasts we've had of all time. All time. But just, but just talk a little bit about Connor Perry. You know, how unexpected was his journey to getting drafted last year? And do you have a favorite story or moment that kind of shows what Connor Perry is all about? Well, we would have to do like a seven-part series, sort of like Tiger King or something like that. <laughs> Don't give us any ideas, on, Coach. On Connor. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple couple neat things about Connor, you know, and, and like you said, it's a great story, um, you know, from start to finish. And as I kind of tweeted out, I still think there's chapters to be written. And when I mean that, he's going to impact lives, whether it's between the diamond, what he's doing and the numbers he's putting up, or how he's able to teach the game and relate to others down the road. And he really loves to pass knowledge along. Um, and he really is a joy to watch working with, with younger kids. I can truly see him as a coach down the road. Um, one of the neat stories for me, uh, you know, I get hired at the University of Pittsburgh. You know, they always talk about the first 60 days of the job. It's, it's, it's like a hurricane. It's a tornado. I mean, it's just 100 miles an hour. You're going different directions. And I've got my family coming to Pittsburgh or I'm going back to see my family and you know, you put in long days, and I get, keep getting this text message from from a Connor Perry, like one of our seniors. He's like, Coach, yeah, you know, I live in Pittsburgh, but my family's in Fort Myers, and I'm leaving town. I really need to see you before I go. And I'm like, fine, okay. You know, because I'd already re- reached out, I talked to all these new players that I'm acquiring, but he had to come sit down face to face with me. He had to. And if you get to know Connor, that's one of the things he's. When he's in on something, he cares about something, it's not 100%. It's like 200%. And he needed the opportunity to clear the air and sit down in front of me. Like, And he wanted to give his story of he just wants his fair chance. And I said, Connor, you know, as we're meeting, I said, this is beautiful because what the 35 guys in that locker room get to understand is whether they were all American for two years or whether they didn't play a lick, they're all getting a clean slate because I'm a new coach. This is your opportunity. And I said, you know, looking at your numbers from the year before, you know, he's played part-time and 
I'm like, did you get hurt? So that he goes, no, I just, I actually, I, I stole a base and then I got sat and I didn't play anymore. And as a new coach, I'm trying to figure out, like, what do you mean? You stole a base, then you were taken out of the game and sat and you lost your job. He goes, well, I didn't. He goes, I stole the base, but I didn't have a steal sign. I said, well, we're going to have signs. You're going to have to follow, you know. <laughs> you know. So he had learned a little lesson right there. There's always been tools there with Connor. He's always had the ability to do certain things. He can make you go, wow. Man, like, did a guy really just do that? Or he can make you go, wow. Like, dang, he just screwed up big time. <laughs> um, but the new, unique thing about Connor is, and it's probably his Achilles heel sometimes, he cares so much. And when he was able to learn to slow some things down within the game and just let his talents take over, then he was able to raise his average over 100 points. He was able to, you know, hit 15 home runs, steal 9 or 10 bags, and play. And play with the enthusiasm, play with the energy and the passion that we all knew he had. We just needed him to stay within our frame, our approach, you know, our system, and then let his talents, you know, provide the opportunity that he did and got him an opportunity to move on to the next level, you know, with the Tigers and everything. So you could go on for days with Connor. You know, I used to always tease him. He, he, he has a unique combination of speed and power, and, you know, he, he can drive the ball to the yard, and but he has the ability to drop down a drag bunt and surprise the guy sometimes. But but learning how to and when to drag bunt, you know, I don't need you drag bunting with a guy in scoring position. I need you driving that guy in. So learning those little things, learning the little things within the game uh, was probably the biggest challenge for him. But once he was able to let his talents continue to play, like I said, it, it was fun to watch. It really was. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because, like, he – I don't know how much of last week's podcast you listened to, but he even mentioned like he was doing really well and you know, that like carrying too much aspect, like he went to Duke series, like he's doing really well. And then he went like over 24 after that. And then he had to kind of slow down, let his talents take over again. And you kind of let the game come to him. So it was interesting that you brought up that point. Cause we kind of heard that a little bit on last week's pod. Well, it, we, we always chuckle about it. Um, you know, here I am first year head coach. We're going down to Florida. I know we have a four-game weekend. We're playing one Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday. He's in a platoon situation before the season starts. The other gentleman that he's platooning with is also a left-handed pitcher who's going to start one of our games. It's going to be the Sunday game. So I need to get that gentleman some at-bats and space out our games and how I'm strategically going to play these guys on the weekend. And I know how much he cares. So I go to him in our pregame BP as he's out center field getting aggressive. And I said, hey, I need to talk to you. I said, I want, I want to pull you aside. I said, let's talk. I said, I need you to know something because I know how much this means to you. And I said, you're a senior. This is your last go around. You have not done a single thing wrong, but I want you to understand you are not starting in our very first game. You'll be ready to go when I call on you, but you're not starting. You have done nothing wrong. There's a rhyme or reason why I do things, and I can explain those to you at a later time. Now, senior year, you've worked your tail off. You've done what everything the coaches have asked you to do. Sometimes that's hard for a guy to swallow. And I need to, to him to know 
so that he didn't beat himself up that, hey, you're going to get your at-bats, you're going to get your chance. Well, lo and behold, he pinch hits like in the eighth or ninth inning and hits a solo home run. I start him game two. The plan was for him to start game two and game four of the weekend and just platoon with the other gentlemen. Once we got through that weekend, we knew we needed him to stay in the lineup the whole time. But he, he tells a little story about that and, you know, how he, he chose to look up and, you know, saw something in the sky and knew God had his plan. And, it, and he did a great job of staying within himself, trust in the process, as we talk about. And it, it really, we had a lot of fun learning little parts of the game throughout the year. Like you talked about him going from a, a crazy weekend where January hits three or four home runs to a weekend where he can't draw contact. It did. And it all went back to, it wasn't the fact that he can't hit. He wasn't losing power or strength. He just wasn't staying with himself. And he started chasing stuff out of his own. He was getting himself out instead of staying within his approach. And once he's able to learn the little things and stay within his game and slow things down and more importantly trust his ability, I really think he can take things to the next level. For sure, and just following up on that, you know, unfortunately for you and Connor and the whole sports world, really, sports are in a bit of hiatus right now with coronavirus putting everything on hold. And you touched on it a little bit at, at the top of the podcast, but you know, personally for you, what's been the toughest part about dealing with this situation, and how have you been able to stay positive with your team and family? I think I think the hardest thing for our guys, as well as the families out there, is the unknown. And what I mean by that, we. We're so practice and goal and structure oriented as baseball players and coaches. When you have a season, you have a schedule. When you have a, a practice, you have a schedule. When you have classes, they're, they're set on a schedule. And right now, when you don't have answers, and when you think you have answers and they're changing on hour, 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 each and every day, that's the tough part. And I'm pretty transparent with our guys, probably too much at times, but they know one thing, they're always going to get the truth. And as I told them, we got through this process when we were canceling practices, canceling games, and next thing you know, we're sending them home. We were giving them as much information as we could as it was continually changed. So the, the unknown thing has been the toughest for us. You know, even when our guys are going home, we're starting online classes and we're doing workouts from home and bullpens or throwing programs or skill work. As I told them, I said, we got to learn to control what we can control. And as student athletes, you've already done the little things on your own to get to where you are. Now, I'm not shipping you home and telling you're all by yourself because we're going to be sending programs to you. We're going to be keeping up to date with you with technology and Zoom chats and you know all these other things that we're doing that we've never done in the past. It's just we're going to control what we can control. And yes, we're going to have to change and be, be able to adapt as we go. We went with a mindset of we'll prepare our guys for summer ball. If we need to reboot that once summer ball is either going to happen or cancel, then we'll reboot them for the fall. But we're going to have a plan and we're going to attack it in our areas of academics, in our strength and conditioning, as well as our skill work. Yeah, and so just going off of next year, 
like we mentioned, it's still early on in your pit career. But what is your ultimate vision for pit baseball? Uh, we know you've played in college in the College World Series at Florida State, and you've also coached in the College World Series for teams like Tennessee, Oklahoma, and then back at Florida State. So you know what it takes to be consi- to be consistent at that level. Is that the ultimate goal to build a powerhouse in the ACC? And what kind of things do you want to see in your teams in the next couple of years that will help your program move in that direction? Those are great questions. You know, that's part of what lured me to the University of Pittsburgh with this opportunity. One, obviously, to become a head coach, but to become a head coach in this league. And if you look over the past five to ten years in this league, the opportunity that it has provided for other teams in this league, not just your Florida State, your Virginia, your Louisville, your Miami, your North Carolina, but you go top and bottom of this league, the opportunity that this, this league provides if you can make it through the grinder of the regular season, it prepares you for championship baseball. We're, our goal on mission next year is no different than what it was when I came in the first year. It was set forth day one when I stepped in there with those guys and we became a team. This program is here to, to compete for championships. The administration has full support. Heather Light, our athletic director, um, you know, Pat Gallagher, our chancellor, they have gone all chips in here over the last three or four years with athletics to catch up to the academic promise of the University of Pittsburgh, who, I don't know if you know, I mean, they, they had a cure from, or a vaccine for polio years ago. They're on the front lines right now with, with vaccines, you know, with UPMC medical here, you know, for corona, COVID-19. So the commitment's here. It was up to us to come in, add some life, add some structure, you know, rejuvenate some things. You know, I'm not saying we're, it's an upkick in recruiting. Like, we're recruiting like I would recruit anywhere else. You know, what was done here before, I don't really know. All I know is what's done here now and how we're going after things. But the immediate goals are compete for championships. Well, that could happen in league championships. It could be ACC tournaments. It could be regionals. It could be super regionals. Those are the expectations. The goal will always remain, remain the same, and that's to get to Omaha. If anybody's ever played Division One college baseball, and they've had the pleasure of walking onto that field and walking off that field, there's not a better feeling in the world. Number one, you have to dogpile to get there. And that's mm-hmm. the best feeling when you're a player, when you get to compete the point. and enjoy, enjoy a championship with your teammates, your lifelong, mem- your lifelong memories, your 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 lifelong teammates. I still have text chats with my guys back in 94, 95. But then as a coach, when you can provide that opportunity for your young men, and I've had a chance to do that with three different schools in four times, like to be able to see seniors walk off that field for the last time knowing that they did it at, at the pinnacle of their sport, it's not a better feeling. Mm-hmm. That's what you strive to do. And as young guys in your program, your goal now is to they got a taste of it. So now that you want them to, hey, you know what it takes to get there, get the next group there, let's go. So you hope you can continue to build that. The one thing I noticed, the eighth seed in our league last year, the eighth seed mm-hmm. in our league was one game away from Omaha. They were up one nothing on Vanderbilt in a Super Regional. Wow. That's just how close it can be in the yeah. league. Yeah, so that's baseball you ever know. Year, anything can happen, I could say this, but if you can get through the grinder of our league and the depth that it provides, 
it prepares you for championship baseball, and that's that's what we're here to do. So I, I can only imagine it's you know tougher for you. Touched on this a little bit, but you know it's just your second year at Pitt, and the season gets canceled after a ten and six start, pretty good start. But where do you guys go from here, and what impact does it have with the seniors? And maybe you're looking at a little bit more crowded roster than normal. Uh, where do you guys go from here, and are there any particular players or notes from this year's team you want to highlight before moving to next year? Well, I, I think the, the key word that you're saying there is team, because um, I really felt like the team was coming together. We, you know, there, there's that secret. We led the nation in transfer portal a year ago. You know, after year one. Um, you know, we had to make some changes. Some changes were made. Some guys wanted greener pastures. You know, we were able to help provide opportunity for some of those guys in other areas. But we, were, we had a large group we brought in. And I mean, to me, there was a key core group that was brought in, you know, from that junior college level. And they helped bond, you know, some of the young freshmen as well as some of the older returners. Um, you know, a couple of key seniors, you know, you know, David Yanni, this was his fifth year, um, our shortstop. You know, Nico Popo was a fourth-year senior uh, right fielder. And Chris Gomez, our SAC committee president, you know, right a pitcher of his fourth year. And David Moore was a transfer in. Um, those four seniors, given the opportunity to come back, you know, with the NCAA ruling, all these kids have a sense of relief. Some of them are graduating and will move on to jobs and careers. Some of them will wait and see what happens with the draft. But just know you have that, okay, if I want to come back to work on a, you know, a second degree or finish up my degree, probably add some relief. You know, for the underclassmen, I think the biggest thing it helps with college baseball is the unknown of the juniors. Um, to know they have that extra year coming back for leverage, you know, with they're looking at a professional career, some of them might have felt like you were going to get cut short from a leverage standpoint. Um, you've heard probably a little bit about major league baseball draft cutting from 40 rounds to either five or ten, with some twenty uh, twenty thousand dollar max free agent, you know, signings afterward. Um, I do think there will be less opportunity for guys because they, I think rosters and, and teams will start getting you know, slimmed down over the next few years. I think that's been a goal of Major League Baseball, and I think this is going to allow opportunity for that. Uh, with that being said, I think there's going to be less opportunity for not college guys, but just guys in general. Um, those spots are going to be tougher. They're going to be tougher to come by. You know? But as far as our team coming back, you know, we look at it, we're no different than anybody else out there. It's not just the University of Pittsburgh they had to stop their season. Everybody had to deal with this. And I'll go back to what I say. I'm more of a half-full guy than I am a half-empty. But we're going to control what we can control. And when we get a chance to get back together, we're looking forward to it. And we'll get back to work the way that we know how. You know, the goal will stay the same. You know, you know the routine will stay the same. We're just looking forward to getting the guys back. We got off to a good start. We beat some teams that we were supposed to beat, played the way we were supposed to play. We kind of didn't play our best baseball our last week. You know, we ran into a hot Miami team and um, a couple other games where we beat ourselves. And I think our guys will be hungry because they have that taste in their mouth, not mm-hmm. the ten and one start. So I think there'll be there'll be some motivation to go. You know what? Let's not take this opportunity we have for granted. Let's not take this game that we love for granted. Let's make the best out of this and let's make sure we're going in the right direction.
Mm-hmm. No, I think that's I think that's definitely a fair thought. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you know, obviously, we hope you guys come back like that. Um, so we can get a little bit into. We'll start moving towards the lighter questions. So a little earlier, uh, you mentioned the importance of recruiting. Um, so you know, just a little exercise we wanted to do. So to pretend I'm the next, okay. you know, Connor Perry, stud outfielder, um, prospect. So what's your pitch to me uh, and maybe all the other potential recruits listening out there? Uh, why pit? Well, it's not why. Why not? Oh, I love it. It goes back to what we said. I mean, uh, the opportunity, not only what Pitt provides, but our league provides, is preparing guys for that next journey in, in their career with professional baseball. Um, the, the opportunity to earn a phenomenal top 10 education, um, the school itself speaks volumes. But the opportunity to compete in this league at the highest level prepares guys. Um, we've had history, and, and we're going to continue to build on the history that you know that we've had, and we want to continue to take it to the next level. The kind of the neat thing about what our guys are going through with new coaches and new colors and new uniforms and new fields, you know, the bells and whistles are there. To me, it's about getting the guys that want to work and the guys that are hungry to get there. And you know what? We don't make promises. I want to provide opportunity, and I want the cream to rise to the crop, to the top. So, uh, you know, it's about opportunity, and we want the guys that want to be here more than anything. That's pretty good. Yeah, so the last question we have for you before we get into some rapid-fire questions, uh, let's talk about your pro career real quick. We haven't touched on it too much yet, uh, but you played for the Expos and the Orioles in a minor league organization for six seasons. Do you have a go-to story when someone asks you what it was like playing professional baseball, and what's your favorite or funniest story you enjoy telling? Oh boy, um, let's go. Base, college, uh, minor league baseball memories. I could. Re- I played in the. I played in the South Atlantic League for the Albany Polecats. And if you don't know what a polecat is, when you look polecat. it up, it's a skunk. I know it's a, a guy named Polecat. <laughs> <laughs> so. It, yeah, our, our mascot was a skunk, um, but we had some pretty talented players on that team, and we were the very the most southernest team in the South Atlantic League. And I remember we had about a fourteen and a half, fifteen hour bus ride Jeez. from Albany, Georgia, to Charleston, West Virginia. Yikes! And if you have to do that, it's not going to be a flat drive. I can remember oh, no, it's an overnight buser waking up as the sun is coming up as you're going through a mountain range somewhere in Virginia or West Virginia. And the bus, as I look out the window, I felt like the bus was going backwards because we're going up the mountain. And I'm thinking to myself, what are we doing here? Like, it was just, it was one of those miserable bus rides. Yeah. Um, that you roll into the next town. Yeah, you roll into the next town. You don't get in there till 10. You check in. You're out of your hotel hall 12, 1 or 5, something like that, trying to get to the field. But, that was probably one of the most miserable bus rides we, we ever had. Um, funny stories. Uh, I'll go with a Vladimir Guerrero story just because he's a, a, a Hall of Fame name and stuff. Vladdy was on that team in Albany. And Vladimir's first year in the United States barely spoke any English, maybe like a Coca-Cola or a French fry, you know, if he's trying to order food, but spoke mostly in Spanish. 
his locker was two lockers down from mine. I had another gentleman named Carlos Adolfo next to me, and Carlos spoke pretty good English. And I remember seeing Vladdy, like, on his leg, he's got this huge scar, huge scar. And I remember asking Carlos, like, ¿Qué pasa, man? It may go, ¿Qué pasa? What happened to the leg? <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh. I said, what? He goes, Alberto, Alberto. He said, what? He goes, he, when he was young, he tried to ride a donkey, and the donkey bit him. He's like, oh, oh. Like, like a donkey. So he's got like a huge scar on his leg from trying to ride a donkey when he was a young lad there in the Dominican Republic. Good old Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah. Um, my, my closest vision, I never really got the chance to see Roberto Clemente play, but everything that everybody always talks about, especially here in Pittsburgh, that's my vision of what Roberto was like. By far the, the best five-tool player I ever had a chance to play with mm. in, profe- in professional baseball. Um, he could hit for power. He could hit, you know, he could hit for average. He could run. Uh, his arm, he could pick it up from the track, throw it to the plate. I did see him hit a ball in Charleston, West Virginia, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, the old River Dogs Stadium. A breaking ball bounced in front of the plate. And he oh, was out on uh, foot and smoked it down the left field line for a double. Because he was a free swinger. Yes, he you was. Know, yeah. They yeah. always said, you want to strike out Vladimir, it's like striking out Tony Gwynn. He's going down the middle. <laughs> he can hit everything else. Yeah. yeah. And literally, he hit a ball that bounced in front of the plate down the left field line for a double. Wow. That's just showing off at that point, honestly. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. just toying with people. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, did I answer your question there? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, pretty good. I thought. Yeah, just a casual, just a casual yeah. story about Vladimir Guerrero. You know, no, no big deal or yeah. anything. We we come across those all the time. So, it's <laughs> down. Um, so I think that does it for like the main questions. Uh, the last part we have here before uh, fantasy, the fantasy BS is rapid fire. Um, so I'm just okay. going to shoot off some questions. Um, as quick of an answer as you can give is kind of what we're looking for. Some of them might call for a little bit longer of an answer. Um, but, okay. you know, if it's just one word off the top of the head, just go ahead and, and fire it back. You ready? Go. All righty. What's the most important part of coaching? Relationships. Okay. If you weren't a baseball coach, what would you be doing in life right now? Wow. <laughs> That's probably a tough one. You probably have never even thought about that. You know, I don't want to think about it. Um, gosh. I'd a podcast or anything else. I'd be, I'd be awful at everything else. Um, <laughs> athletic director. Okay. I like that. Hopefully there were sports. Hopefully sports are back by then. So, you know, in that, in that world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you could change, what's the one thing you could change about college baseball? Travel roster size. What, what's the change? Uh, we have a 35-man roster. We're only allowed to travel for conference 27. Okay. And I've always felt like two, two things happen there. You you disconnect eight guys for your team and their development, mm-hmm. uh, whether they're a freshman that's not playing or whether it's a midweek starter that's not going to pitch on the weekend. I would love to see. And not, and maybe you don't have to travel all 35, but I would love to see like a 30-man travel. So. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So these next couple most are people, more. Most people are gonna. Most people are gonna say scholarships and this and that. It was just for. Yeah. Right. No, that's. I mean, I th- I appreciate that answer. Then it's the the road less traveled. Um, yeah. 
So uh, these next few are going to be Pittsburgh, a little more Pittsburgh related. Um, so okay. Quaker Steak or Permani Brothers? Mm. I won't make anybody mad. Uh, it's okay. I I know. I, I I think I know where your head's at. You. This is a safe space. You can say it. Can I say neither? <laughs> that's not what I expected, but honestly, yeah, you can't. That's what you feel in your heart. Okay. Uh, all right, we won't. We won't. We'll go pass. Yeah, pass. Okay. Pass sounds better. We yeah. won't tell anybody. Um. Next question: uh, PNC or Heinz Field? I think I know the answer to that one. Uh, PNC. I mean, there's, yeah. there's not a better thing. I mean, I'm yes. a huge football fan, and I love Heinz Field, but there's not a better place to watch a baseball game. I hear you. That's, that's, that's hard, hard to argue with that one. So, favorite uh, Pittsburgh restaurant? Favorite go-to spot if you're going out for, like, a nice dinner? Ooh. See, I live, I live, gosh, I'm all, I'm in quarantine life right now. I haven't gone anywhere in like a month and a half. You're right. I have, I have a little wall here in the North Hills called Off the Hook. Okay. okay. There's shout out. Yeah. Huge shout out. Off the Hook. There you go. Yeah, the Friends thing. of the program. And, and uh, last one for the Pittsburgh ones. So who's the m- most famous Pittsburgh athlete you've been able to meet besides Connor Perry? Mm, besides Connor Perry. Uh, yeah. I'll go with uh, James Conner. That's pretty big. He is pretty former famous. Run, I, former, that's a good one. Pitt, former Pitt running back, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with as far as like actually meeting him, get to sure. talk and chat a little bit, yeah, James Conn. Yeah, you, you you've only been there, the yeah, for yeah. It's like your second year, so I'm sure you got some time to you know, really get around and meet the meet the big dogs. I'm sure they're yeah. you know they're ready to meet there, you. I, I, I'm sure. There's a lot of big dogs around this town too, because it's the city <laughs> of champions. Whether it's the Steelers, whether it's, it's the Pirates, sad. whether it's the Penguins. They love their sports here. That's for sure. They, they, do. they, they certainly do. Uh, that's, a, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, <laughs> so do you personally have any crazy baseball superstitions? And if not, what is the weirdest one that you've seen from a player or teammate? Uh, I'll, I'll say the weirdest one I've ever seen back in the day, a gentleman by the name of Turk Wendell. Yeah. If you've ever heard a story, he was a relief pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. And he used to like to chew, I think it was black licorice, while he was pitching. This is like the crazier thing is, the crazier thing was he would go in between innings and brush his teeth before he'd go back out there and put a (laughs) thing of licorice in there or something like that. Yeah, something crazy like that. Um, Hey, whatever it takes. That's a name for you to look up. Turk Wendell, T-U-R-K, if I remember right. Um, Personal superstitions, no, I'm... Probably big, like I don't step on the foul lines. You know, like if I'm going out to oh, talk to the pitcher or make a pitching change, just, you know, you get in your habits of winning streaks and, okay, did I, how did I wear my uniform or exactly. did I wear this undershirt, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for a few years there at Florida State, I mean, I wore like the same pullover top instead of a jersey to the point where it started fading. And, <laughs> the other coaches are like, we're, we're a Nike school. Go get another one, will you? And I'm like, no, nah, you don't understand. This thing's got some good wins in it. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, it's in that specific piece. I, I get that. you got to go yeah, with what works. Biggest, yeah, biggest thing is just I can't step on those foul lines. Uh, 
That's fair. That's fair. All right, this, this is the last one. Um, we touched on it a little bit at the top, but you did coach Seamus Winston at Florida State. Um, so just really quick, you know, how good was he really at baseball? Um, and now looking at his recent LASIK eye surgery, are his college accomplishments even more impressive since he probably well, couldn't see the whole time? Yeah, I, the LASIK eye surgery stuff, you know, is it a color thing? I mean, I think I think everybody's just trying to make more out of that's what we do. We're quarantined. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like this. Ben Roethlisberger, for example, has had football's version of a Tommy John. He won Tommy John, but you know, are, are they going to start asking now as he throw the ball harder and farther than he did before? Like, so that's to be determined there. But I will say this, you know, um, from Jameis as a baseball player, you know, I said this: Jameis can do what Jameis wants to do, and that's the ultimate commitment. He's the ultimate competitor. He prepares like none other. Um, and when he was always in transition from football to baseball or baseball back to football, you know, he was such a perfectionist that he would want to do more on the front end to make sure that when he was out there, he was playing at a level playing field and have the opportunity to succeed while he's competing. Um, on the mound, you know, he could sink it anywhere from 89 to 93 slider for a strike whenever he wanted. The one thing he had to work on was a changeup. And by his third year, he started to get a better feel for that and became a serviceable weapon for him. As a switch-hitting outfielder, um, you know, he was, if I remember right, I want to say it was better from the right side than it was the left side. Um, but ultimately, the way he ran the bases, played the outfield, he could have been a big league player if that's what he chose to perfect his skills on. Um, he just was at, you know, he loves baseball. He's a baseball historian. He loves to play the game. Obviously, he's very good in football, too. And well, a lot of people are going to say, okay, the fumbles, the 30 for 30, uh, you know, those kind of things. But at the end of the day, the one thing that I will go back and say, and, and he'll probably tell you, he's, he's done some things that he wishes he could change over the years. Um, part of it's, you know, still being a kid growing up, those kind of things. But Right. The two things I'll tell you this about Jameis. One, he loves kids. He loves to sign autographs for kids. He loves to be around kids. He loves being on youth camps for kids. Um, you want that guy in your community. Um, you want him on your team and in your locker room. I always tell a story as a player, uh, getting a text from him like on Mother's Day. Tell this Alicia, I said, Happy Mother's Day. That Alicia is my wife. And it just... Normal student athletes or young kids, they all do that type of thing. But he was always above everybody else, when I say from a thinking standpoint, mm-hmm. um, because he cares about people. You know, the last thing I'll leave you with, you have 35 guys in a locker room, and, you know, locker rooms tend to get clickish, and a lot of times your best players hang out with other best players and stuff like that. The one thing I always noticed about him and he was always coming to and from football to baseball and baseball to football. But you would watch a guy eat a team meal and stuff. He would always be sitting with number 35 guy. He was always mm-hmm. sitting with somebody else, not always yeah. the best guy. We had other first-rounders on our team. But he took it upon himself to make everybody feel important, make mm-hmm. everybody feel part of the team. And that was the type of leader he was. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of him. I want to see him 
do nothing but succeed, and I still look forward to watching him win a Super Bowl one day. I, I think hey, we're, me uh, too. I we're, think... we're Jameis lovers here. We're not. We're not haters. <laughs> yeah, I it's think... all good. It's all good. I think we're. Well, I hope. I hope the high surgery works for him. We'll see. But yeah, it could can't hurt, right? No, exactly. Yeah, I think we're officially a pro Jameis Winston podcast now. After a couple of those stories, yeah. there, I got to be. Oh, yeah, I'll so I actually have one last question for you, and it's kind yeah. of a personal okay. question. Uh, so I'm a huge you a fan fangirl. of your guys's uh, Pitt Royal you Blue jerseys. You, 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 huge fan of what? I'm sorry. I'm a huge fan of the Royal Blue jerseys you guys wear at Pitt. Huge fan. Yeah. Okay. So. If we post this clip on Twitter, how many retweets would our post have to get for you to send me a jersey? <laughs> you know, that's probably out of my hands. That our, our director of baseball operations, Dave Stark, he's the guy to know. Like he's the What's guy. What's that name? Yes, Dave Stark. S T A A R K. Gotcha. You know, well, we can take care of the that. guy. Yeah, he's the contact guy. It's funny, like with our new color reveal, which was actually a year ago to the day. Um, a year ago to the day, we were playing Duke on a Sunday. And they had a big, you know, to-do on campus. And we were on the road playing Duke. And we actually had to wear those jerseys. Um, you know, the Royal, the, the Royal Pitt script ones. But we incorporated, with the colors this year, four other new ones. Two whites, two grays. And it, it really between those and the hats and what we've been able to really do with a color scheme. And it's just added a lot. It really has for our program and it just brightens everything up. Um, but as far as the freebies and getting us out there, I'm, I'm sure we might be able to sling some camp shirts or something your way. I'm sure, but we'll, we'll get something going. Oh, wow. Works for me. That's better than we, we were expecting a straight no. So yeah, <laughs> that works too. Yeah. Alright, um, so I think unless anyone has anything else, I think we're ready for our Fantasy BS. Uh, for all you first-time okay. listeners out there, uh, our, this is our last segment of the podcast. Uh, it's like a fantasy draft of a random topic with our guests. Um, today's topic, in honor of us having a little bit more free time and, for the most part, watching a lot more movies than Netflix, um, we're doing a baseball movie edition Fantasy BS. Uh, we each have three picks, um, but where it's a little different is... Um, each round is its own kind of category. Um, first round is your favorite baseball movie. Second round is your favorite baseball movie character. And then the last round is the fi- is uh, in honor of Coach being on, um, our favorite baseball movie manager. Um, so as our guest, Coach, uh, you get the first pick. I'll go second. Uh, also, Coach Jacob uh, the Ball Schubert has the third pick. Uh, and my co-host uh, and friend, Ben Gavlik, will go last. Uh, so, Coach, why don't you start us off with your favorite baseball movie? Okay. Favorite baseball movie. Do I need to talk about it a little bit, too, or just go straight up? If, the hey, if, if you feel like you need to, some picks speak for themselves. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. Uh, okay. Being a former pitcher, I really, really thought, for the love of the game, really was a great storyline within the game of baseball, but also... Uh, I thought Kevin Costner portrayed the lifestyle and what guys go through, you know, from the minor leagues to the big leagues and how to handle an injury, how to balance baseball and life. So for me, for the love of the game. It's 
for your first pick. And see, that's what I mean. Sometimes the explanation, I think it made your pick stronger, so I got to give you credit for that one. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll go. F- I got next. Um, I'm going to take Sandlot. Um, obvious classic. Um, pretty well known by all, you know, kind of. It's a movie everyone kind of get behind. I'm not a big rewatch. Uh, I'm not a big fan of rewatching movies, but that's one that I think you can throw on, you know, anytime. Quotable lines. Um, you know, it's really just a cool movie all, all around. All right, Gil, you took my first pick, so I'm going to go with Major <laughs> I, I League. I knew you were going to pick that one. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Cleveland Indians fan, so that kind of helps, but it also combines my two favorite genres in comedy and sports, so Major League, that's my favorite baseball movie. All right, well, Shub, you took my pick, so I'm going to have to go. trickle-down effect. Yeah, this is tough. I'm going to have to go with Moneyball, though. Um, that's one of my favorite baseball yeah. movies. Um, cool just seeing the, the evolution of baseball changing a little bit past decade, so that's my pick there. All right, uh, All so, righty, so are, we, are we snaking it or are we just going round for round? We're going to go round for round because, uh, gotcha. you know, different categories. So. All right, Coach, you can start us off for round yep. two. This is your favorite movie character. Favorite movie character? Okay, so baseball movie. Yeah, baseball movie. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, obviously. But it, I'm kind of torn. I'm, I'm, I'm back to my for the love of the game, and, and I could go with Kevin Foster there on the mound. Mm-hmm. Um, but but another baseball movie, another baseball movie that I really liked growing up, and I thought they did a great job portraying the minor leagues was Bull Durham, and I'm going to say the favorite character was still Evie Calvin Lelouch. On the map. Okay. One of, the little, yeah. one of his little little things of he threw like a hundred mile an hour fastball to hit the ball, the yeah. mascot, and he's just out there saying to himself like, mm, "That was a humdinger," you know, <laughs> kind of talking to himself. So we'll go with Evie Calvin Lelouch, the pitcher in, in the in the movie Boulder. Great, great pick. I was actually I was talking to uh, my fellow co-hosts uh, before we we hopped on the phone and. Uh, I'm the only one who's seen Bull Durham, so uh, oh I appreciate that pick. I know. Hey, I hear you. I hear you. You don't have to tell me, Coach. I tried to tell them, but it's a good thing you got my back. Uh, so I'll go up next. Uh, best baseball movie character. So I don't want to. I, I, I got this. Was tough. There's a lot of good characters out there. Uh, I'm gonna dip into Shub's uh, world, though. Uh, I'm gonna take Wild Thing uh, from Major League. Uh, just yeah. personally growing up, he was just like, you know, one of my favorite characters to watch, obviously. Well, I was a pitcher, too, so um, definitely one of my favorites there. Kind of speaks for itself. Another iconic character. He's got the swag. All right, Gil, so I got two things to say to you. One, uh, I've seen Bull Durham, so I don't know where you got that idea that we none of us have never I seen. I said earlier. <laughs> I I didn't even reply. You don't have to do it because Coach is here now. It's all right, man. I've we'll seen watch it together. that. And you guys are also, making me feel old, uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, they're uncultured. It's it's not you, Coach, it's them. Okay. So, I guess, dipping into Gil's world, then the Sandlot, I'm going to go with Benny the Jet Rodriguez. See, that that's who I was going to take, but I felt like I couldn't go Sandlot back-to-back. I mean, you could have. But I'm glad I didn't. All right, so this is tough. I'm down to two picks. Uh, honorable mention, I'm not going to pick him, but Carlos from Benchwarmers, and, you know, incredible hitter. Oh, <laughs> so, yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Best 12-year-old I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm not going to go with him, though. I'm going to go with uh, Willie Mays Hayes from Major League. You know, he's got the speed. Uh, he's got the power in Major League, too. So, uh, yeah, good, good uh, all-around player there. Okay, that's a solid pick. 
All right, so now we can wrap it up. This is the last round. Uh, baseball movie manager. Because you can start us off. Well, I'm glad I'm leaving it off. And this might yeah. be a little hit, like a little hidden gem. Okay. Um, okay. Being a being a college baseball coach, um, obviously played for Mike Martin, the all-time winningest coach. But one Shout of the late the legendary college baseball coaches, Augie Garrido, mm. was a guest. In the love of the game, him and Kevin Costner were very close friends. And one of the manager, the manager for the New York Yankees, when Costner's throwing his perfect game, is none other than Augie Garrido. So I'm going to say Augie Garrido as the manager for the New York Yankees in the love of the game. Coach, I think you just won. I think you just won the draft. You were right, spot on with the hidden gem. I think that's that might be the best pick out there. That's some deep sand metrics known, out there. Had you not told me that, we'll have to Ben. We'll have to work some. Look at it. Yeah, yeah, Ben. You'll have to. We'll have to work in some type of explanation in the graphic, uh, so we can let let the people know. I'll do. I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. So I'll go. Um, I'm. I'm glad this is still up there. I think this is. I. I had some other ones. Um, but I'm going to go with Lou Brown from Major League. Um, probably, I know, shoot, but I know probably took your pick again there. But, uh, yep. uh, again, one that kind of speaks for itself, an, an iconic manager, a lovable guy. I feel like you can't really hate him. So, uh, that easy pick for best manager. All right, so thanks to Gil. He took my pick. Um, I'm going to go with Billy Haywood from Little Big, Little Big League. Uh, you know, oh, no. <laughs> I think you just, I think you just sabotaged yeah. Ben. I think I did Again. too, but you know he's he's a very young kid, and you know he's also the owner of the team, and just being that young, and also being the owner, and kind of balancing both worlds, and also managing a major league team, it's pretty impressive. So Billy yeah, Haywood, people people don't talk about that enough, actually, that he was able to do all that. All right, so I'm just gonna take the loss here. There's no way I'm winning this poll, but um, I don't even know this guy's name. I, I was prepared to take Billy Haywood, but unfortunately, Shub took him as well. I'm going to go with the manager from Rookie of the Year, uh, the movie with Henry, Henry Roland Gardner. So they're a terrible team in the movie, and then all of a sudden they get a closer, Henry Roland Gardner, and then they're in the playoffs. So like, I feel like that's pretty good managing skills there to you know, just get your team to turn around, just getting one. Obviously a great pitcher, but he's just a closer. Like He doesn't hit. He doesn't you know, do so much other things for the team. So I'm going to go with the manager from Rookie of the Year. That, that's pretty good. I think your explanations, uh, you know, really to pick out there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you thought about that, that one. I can appreciate that. Um, some other ones you, uh, Ben, I think you could have taken. So these are just honorable mentions uh, for the manager. Um, I had uh, Gus Bus from Benchwarmers. Uh, I think he was a good one. And player manager. Coach, uh, still manager. No, no, same, same, uh, same thing. No. Yeah, just so I don't know why you had to really make a comment there. But Coach, you'll like this one. Uh, Bull Durham, Joe Riggins, uh, and his lollygagger speech. No, lollygaggers. Oh, yeah. That's, no, don't want that at all. Ben, that's another, you'll have to look up that soundbite. We can probably work that into a soundbite, that speech he gives. You'll you'll like that. Right. Um, that was an honorable mention, and I think that's all I had for managers. You know, Character. Maker. <laughs> I, 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 I uh, meant to write him down when I was just initially brainstorming. But I forgot to like put him on my list here. Um, for characters, I had Ham from Sandlot, uh, Crash Davis uh, from Bull Durham, uh, Benny the Jet, obviously, and then Field of Dreams was my baseball movie that didn't get picked. 
Coach, do you have any? Coach, you have any honorable mentions that didn't quite make the cut? You know, the, the manager that I was trying to think of is because there's no crying in baseball was Tom Hanks. Oh yeah. The um, the, the, the name of the movie escapes me right now. Um, League of Their Own. Yeah, League of Their Own. Yeah, League of Their Own. There you go, Tom Hanks. That'd be a great manager right there. Yeah. So, right. I'll, I'll give that one as an honorable mention. That's good. That's good. This ended up being a better list than I anticipated. I was I was nervous at first. A lot of fun. Ben, shoot, you guys got any? Uh, yeah, I got... that. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Sorry. I took your picks. So you can go. I sure did. Um, the Rookie is one of my favorite movies. You know, just going off that pitching theme. A uh, couple characters, uh, Pedro Serrano from Major League as well, and Henry Rollingarder, I mentioned in Rookie of the Year. A 12-year-old or 10-year-old that throws 100 miles per hour. You can't really beat that. I'm not sure why I didn't pick that. Uh, I it myself. It is what it is. No, it can't be that at all. So, the, Ben, you actually took my two honorable mentions for characters, but uh, for you know, base, baseball movies, the two I had left were Bad News Bears and Benchwarmers. Two great movies, but just didn't make the cut. All right. I think unless that anyone else has anything else, uh, I think that wraps it up for, for the Fantasy BS. Uh, Coach, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off here? No, I just, again, really appreciate you guys having me on, and, and more importantly, uh, having an outlet to, to tell not only Connor's story, but other stories out there. Uh, there's a lot of great stories on guys that are not only having success now, but guys that are going to have success down the road and they're not always easy paths and I think you guys are a testament to that like you said of doing things I don't want to say the unconventional way but not the not the division one way but maybe the d3 way and whether it's d3 d2 d1 or juco there's great opportunities out there for everybody and it sounds like you guys are doing a great job and having a lot of fun with it and again I appreciate you having me on Hey, no problem, Coach. Pleasure's all ours. Um, I think this goes without saying. You're welcome back anytime. So um, hopefully, look to get you back on. Maybe when baseball picks back up again, or or, or if not, we can start that uh, docu series you were talking about, the the seven part series. There you go. My pleasure. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, it's K Weezy, and we back. The rise to the throne. And the. Yeah. Ben Franklin's. Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree. All these people phonies just wanna be like me. Your baddest girl be all on my D. The stuff you pay for from me, it's free. Because I got Ben Franklin's, I got Ben Franklin's. No need for hatin', I'm not a doctor, I ain't got patience All I got is papers and a lot of haters Shout out to my home dog, they all got prayers